Good morning. I want to greet each one in Jesus' name this morning. And say it's good to be here this morning. It's always good to gather together in the house of the Lord. Sometimes I do, and my preference maybe would be to sit and listen to someone else share. But nevertheless, I want to do what God has called me to. I want to be a blessing and an asset in his kingdom. After all, this life is not about what I want, but it's about what God wants. It's about pleasing him. So again, it's good to be here this morning on this beautiful morning. And um, as was mentioned, um, from Lincoln, Missouri, from church where Linnell's family is from, I was under the impression she was coming here for nurses training, but it looks like it may have evolved into a little bit more than that. So we're happy for her anyway. God, I'm sure that's not the first time that has happened here, and we're thankful that, for the way that God leads. So, I was blessed by the song service also this morning and the thoughts that were mentioned so far in this service. Um, several times faith was mentioned, and also the one song, Stayed Upon Jehovah, the thing of focusing on God. And this morning I'd like to talk about... Um, the brevity of life. I'd like to talk about living with purpose. And I'd like for us to think about why you are here today. Why are you here this morning? I think it's important for us to often ask ourselves why. And I've often said, you know, sometimes we hear from leadership, don't ask why, just do as we say. Don't ask any questions. I I don't agree with that. I think it's good to, to ask why. If people have questions, if you have if you Young people have questions. Ask why, but don't ask it in a challenging way. Ask it in, an, in a receptive way as, I want to know. If it can be done in a way that, that I, I, I want to understand this better, but not in a challenging way. I encourage people to ask why. It is important to know why you do what you do. So as we think of that, another thought I'd like for you to remember this morning as I share is... The thought that God won't do for us what we can do for ourselves, for the most part. God can do things for us that we can also do for ourselves. God can do anything. But he expects of us, life in general, for us to do for ourselves what we can. He has given us a mind to think, and he has given us a body, the ability to do things. And as long as we have that ability, I think God expects us to do those things. There is a quote that goes somewhat to the extent of don't lean on your shovel and pray for God to dig the hole. Basically, use the, the talent and the ability that God has given you to his honor and glory. And often when we think about our emotions and our feelings, often we run into a problem with that because we're not, especially people that are not uh, faith, fact-based people. Um, we, we tend maybe, depending what type of personality we have, what type of person we are, we tend to wait to thinking something needs to feel right before I can perform properly, before I can be pleasing to God. Something just isn't right in my life if things don't feel right. We need to be sensitive to our feelings and our emotions at the same time. If we're not have our life faith-based. It's going to be very confusing uh, for us. It's going to be a difficult journey. So God won't do for us what we can do for ourselves. 
He directs us, though. That's what's important, is for us to daily ask him to direct us for leading through that day and through our life. Do we stop and think about the time that God has given us? When I think about purpose in life, living a purposeful life, one of the things that I think about that affects that the most is our inability or when we don't, we are unaware of the brevity of life. The brevity of life, I think, is so important for us to remember. This morning, I'd like to read a passage of scripture in Psalm chapter 90, kind of begin there familiar passage of scripture here. I'd like to read verses 1 through 12 here. Psalms chapter 90 verses 1 through 12. Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever, thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, return ye children of man, for a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night, thou carriest them away as with the flood. They are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and withereth, for we are consumed by thine anger. By thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins, in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. Here is the verse I'd like for us, maybe the key verse this morning. Who knoweth, I'm sorry, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. David here reminding us to think about how long our life on this earth really is. And to keep that in mind as we go through life, um, the brevity of life, I think will help us to live a purposeful life. David also said in Psalm um, 39, verse 4, he said, Lord, made me to know mine end and the measure of my days what it is that I may know how frail I am. Verse five, behold, thou hast made my days as in handbreadth, and my age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. David, I think, had many reasons to, and was often reminded about the brevity of life. When we think about the things that he went through, being hunted like an animal, he was often made aware of the brevity of life. What all is meant here in verse 12, where it talks about t uh, telling us to number our days. How can we number our days? None of us knows how long we're going to live. I don't necessarily think it's talking about the specific time, uh, the amount of days. The average person lives approximately 27,375 days. You know, we may think that sounds like a lot, but in comparison, in comparison to eternity, it is not. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1 says, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Youth, if there's anything that you can do, it should be to remember your creator daily, on a daily basis. Never take that for granted. Remember that. Being aware of the amount of time God has given us here on this earth, again, and why he has put us here, 
is one of the most important keys to living a purposeful life. We're not, we don't, aren't made to live here forever. Let's focus on God and recognize that he is the one that has created us in every moment on this earth. He has given to us as a gift. And every moment he gives to us is another opportunity to serve others and bless you all as many of you here are giving of your time to serve here. God bless you in that way. That is what we are here for, is to serve. What are some of the things in this life that can distract us from living a purposeful life? There's many things that can distract us. There's a few things that I'm going to look at. Riches is one of the things that can distract us. In James chapter 13, sorry, verse 4, James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. I might turn to that briefly. I think I'm going to read a few verses there. James chapter 4. I like these verses, and I think they're good reminders for us. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoiced in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Here again, a reminder of the brevity of life, that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. Our life is but a vapor. We're just here so briefly. There's so many distractions, material things, wealth, money, um, just like is mentioned here, that want to distract us. Things in this world want to enslave us, take our focus off of God. Um, and also in Luke 12, it mentions about laying up treasures um, and, and the brevity of life. We're not here, here on this earth to lay up things for ourselves. We're here to be an asset in God's kingdom. Riches will cause us to lose focus of God and to become self-sufficient. That is the negative thing about riches. We tend to focus, begin focusing on ourselves. We become more self-sufficient and less dependent upon God. <clears throat> First Peter 1.24 says, All flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, the flower thereof falleth away, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Also priorities, wrong priorities can be a distraction to us. What do we do with the time that God has given us? Are we intentional? Do we focus on serving others? Life is about serving others again and not ourselves doing things to make life more enjoyable for those around us being a blessing and an asset to those around us there's lots of distractions in our world in 2016 career builder conducted a survey asking business managers what the leading cause was of distractions probably nobody here this morning can guess what the number one distraction might be i'm sure every one of you could probably guess 
Yes, the answers aren't all that surprising. Smartphones led the way at 55%, internet 41%, gossip 37%, social media 37%, co-workers dropping by 27%, smoking or snack breaks another 27%, email 26%, meetings 24%, and noisy co-workers 20%. Uh, 75% of employers said two or more hours a day are lost in productivity because of distractions. Hmm. Some for us to think about. This is done in earthly um, employment, things that are happening here on this earth, not even necessarily, well, maybe somewhat for the kingdom of God. We need to go to work to supply for our families. I realize that. But, you know, what about our time that we spend, that we should be spending in productivity in God's kingdom, doing things for him. How much are we neglecting or missing because we're being distracted by other things? Every distraction that we have is costing us something. It's taking away from something else that we could doing. Are there things in our life that are distracting us, that are taking us away from more important things? That is the question that we need to ask ourselves. And that is also the question why I mentioned at first, for us to remember, as I am sharing this morning, ask ourselves, why? Why are we doing what we are doing? And that will help us to keep our priorities straight. Are we being distracted by less important things? Um, are we being distracted from unknown opportunities? Distractions make it difficult to move forward. Think about the word distraction, D-I-S. Dis means uh, no traction. Dis means not or none. So if you think about traction, distraction means you can't get any traction to move forward. It's, it's distracting you. It's taking away from something else. It's hard to get traction on icy roads. And thus it creates a hazard. Distractions in our lives are a worse hazard. Distraction-filled days lead to tractionless lives. Distraction-filled days lead to tractionless lives. Distractions keep us from living our best life. Distractions keep us from living a purposeful life. They keep us from living a God-pleasing, a God-centered life. The Bible has a few examples of people that became distracted. The first ones, Adam and Eve, the first human beings God created, became distracted. He had created everything they needed in the Garden of Eden, but they thought they wanted something that they weren't supposed to have. They were deceived by the serpent and allowed themselves to become distracted from God's command not to eat of the tree of knowledge. Their distraction resulted in their expulsion from paradise and introduced sin into the world. A good story here, an example, teaches us the importance of staying focused on God's word and resisting temptation. Also, what about Lot's wife? Another example of a character who got distracted. Sodom and Gomorrah were being destroyed. She was instructed not to look back. She became distracted. She couldn't resist the temptation turned into a pillar of salt. Her failure to obey and her distraction in the, with the past serve as a reminder to trust God's guidance. Don't dwell on your past mistakes. King Solomon, he was a very blessed man. Had immense wisdom, wealth, and power. His indulgence in material possessions 
and relationships with foreign wives led him astray. His distraction from God's laws and commands eventually caused the kingdom to divide and his reign to end in turmoil. Solomon's story reminds us to prioritize prioritize our relationship with God above all worldly desires and distractions. Samson. Samson, another example. Incredible strength was chosen by God to deliver the Philistines. To, I'm sorry, to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. But he allowed himself to become distracted by his love for Delilah. A Philistine woman, through her cunning manipulation, Delilah discovered the secret of Samson's strength and betrayed him. Careful about the danger of allowing relationships or personal desires to distract us from our divine purpose. Judas Iscariot let greed and personal ambition distract him from his commitment to the Lord. He betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, leading Jesus to crucifixion. Judas' reminder of the destruction, destructive consequences of allowing worldly desires and distractions to overshadow our faithfulness with God. What about Martha, another example, known for her hospitality and her service? Yes, we can become so busy doing things that, we, that are good that we can neglect things that are more important. That can happen. We need to be careful. However, when Jesus visited her home, she became distracted by all the preparations and complained to Jesus that her sister Mary was not helping. Jesus gently reminded Martha that she was distracted by her many tasks. While Mary had chosen the better path, sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to his teachings, let's prioritize our relationship with God, not allow busyness to distract us. Let's, I'd like to think briefly about white noise. A lot of us are familiar with white noise. Some of us maybe even um, use it a bit, put it to use maybe at night. I don't like to sleep in a dead, silent room. Some people can't stand to sleep in a room with any noise in it. So it's just kind of what you get used to. But white noise will cover up other noises. It can drown out distractions. Distractions want you to focus on them. And in this world that we live in, you do not have to make an effort to find distractions. There's plenty of them, at least not negative distractions. Sometimes we may want to be distracted from something bad. Then we need to make an effort to find another distraction. Distractions keep us from giving our undivided attention to something else. Positive distractions we will refer to as this white noise that I mentioned. I'd like to think about this briefly. Positive distractions, just for some examples, maybe something like the desire to see, to achieve something that keeps you working hard, or maybe it's wanting to eat healthy or that can be a distraction if you have a great desire for that. But even these things that can distract us from better things, but even these things can distract us from better things if we're not careful. Again, we need to ask ourselves why. What are the most important things? We need to figure that out. Sometimes in some work areas, white noise can provide a mask. It can be a cover so conversations aren't 
overheard as easily. Sometimes positive distractions are good. Sometimes people want distractions in their lives to cover up something that's going on in their own life. We need to be careful that we don't use distractions in that way to cover up things in our own life, maybe that are negative things. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's feeling inferior. Maybe it's fear. Sometimes people turn to social media. They may turn to sports. They may turn to some type of addiction or unhealthy music to cover up those things. Every one of us, here again, as I say this, let's think about what I mentioned earlier. God is not going to do for us what we can do for ourselves. We have our fingers on the control knob, on the volume of the distractions and the noises in our life. Let's remember that. We are in control of these things. And we need to ask God to help us to prioritize and know how to turn the volume knob on these distractions, this no- these noises in our life. How do, you, how do you know how to find these things that are being a distraction to you? Are you trying to mask something deeper, a deeper need in your life? White noise can also cover up emotions that we don't want to feel that can be unhealthy. When something inside us is screaming for help, we turn up the outside distractions. And it works temporarily. It works temporarily, but it doesn't take care of the problem. There should be a healthy balance of emotions. I want to be careful that you don't understand that I'm saying that you shouldn't listen to your emotions or that emotions aren't important. They're not. We just need to understand them. Let's be careful with them. Name your noise. What is, what is it that you're going to, to, to drown out the other things that you don't want to maybe face? What is that? Take that away and see how, how you respond to that. Does your Does your desire, do you have more time for God's word? Does your desire for God and his word grow? Figure out how these noises are affecting you. When you take away that noise, does it, do you, do you find a more of a sense of fulfillment in your life? Do you feel more free? Discipline yourself to try to stop one of those distractions, those noises. See how you respond to that. Old habits die hard. Develop new habits to combat old habits. Proverbs 25, 28 is a really good verse for us to remember. It says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. A man who has no control over his spirit is like a city without walls. And we know in the Old Testament the importance of walls around a city. You are very vulnerable and op- open to your, your life, to distractions, to Satan, if we do not have control over our spirit. An emotionally unstable person is easily manipulated and controlled by how they feel. That type of person will be impulsive, will get angry quickly makes quick decisions, 
Be careful. Again, as I mentioned earlier, we've heard this morning about faith. Be a faith and a fact-based person. It will save you a lot of turmoil in your emotional life. But we don't need to disregard our emotions. What are some habits that we can form that we can form to get rid of the distractions? Another thing to remember, unusual habits create unusual behaviors. When you make good invisible decisions, they can lead to good visible results. One habit that we can develop to take away, help us to get rid of distractions is simplicity. Simplicity. First Timothy 6, 6 through 12. I'm going to read those verses. I think it would be worth it. First Timothy 6, 6 through 12 says, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness from such withdraw thyself, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. <clears throat> and having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which shall which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Do you see how well this goes along with what I mentioned earlier about riches are such a distraction to us? So if you want to get rid of distraction... Get rid of things that you don't need in your life. Get rid of things that it may be as simple as just do with less stuff. Everything that you have is a liability to you. Everything that you have. Matthew 6.19 tells us not to lay up treasures on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt. It says to lay up treasures in heaven. Keep life simple. We don't need all kinds of stuff and all kinds of things. Do it less. Don't make your life complicated with lots of choices. The less you have, the less choices you have to make. The more we have, the more complicated our life becomes. It's hard to think ahead clearly when you have lots of clutter and unnecessary things in your mind, things that are weighing you down whether it's tangible things or mental things, habits or thoughts, whatever it is. Don't give up on conquering those things that want to drag you down emotionally. Satan, again, wants to distract us. He likes to think about the many things that we can have. Simplify your life. If you clarify the things that are important, you can simplify your life. If you clarify the things that are important, you can simplify your life. What is important? What is really important in life? Following Jesus should be what's important in your life. <clears throat> Again, ask yourself why to find out what is important in your life. Why do I have this? Why do I do this? Why do I buy this? Why do I go there? It's a good way to ask. And then ask ourselves, how would Jesus respond? What would he do? 
Some of these whys might also be, if you're a mom, then the important thing may be to take care of your children. Then anything else that falls under that category is important. If you're a business owner, the important thing may be to make sure your business is making a profit. So then anything that falls under that category is important. I don't mean to be talking about um, 100% about wealth this morning, that it's all wrong. You know, a certain amount is, is needful for us to live day to day. If you're a farmer, the important thing may be to try and raise a good crop, so things that fall under that category are what are important. You can put other people in harm's way by getting distracted. But, and simplicity keeps us from getting distracted. Dwight Eisenhower once said, when we think about... Um, how do we prioritize between important and urgent? Dwight Eisenhower once said, what is important is seldom urgent, and what is urgent is seldom important. You know, too often we jump from one task to another without getting the important ones done. We become with, distracted with things maybe that are not as important. Maybe I have a problem being intentional. Not just thinking, but doing. How often do I get distracted with the many things in life that want to distract me? You know, our distractions don't only affect us, but they also affect those around us. Those that, are, that could be recipients of good things that should be flowing from my life. Often we find ourselves doing exactly as Eisenhower had observed Another thing, control your self-talk. Control the way that you, maybe when you're by yourself, the way you talk to yourself. Not negative self-talk. Be careful about that. We are, without God, we are nothing. But if we are a Christian and in God's eyes, we are important in his eyes. But let's be careful about the way we think about ourselves. Not negative thinking. Have you ever approached someone and they were not aware that you're around and all of a sudden um, you heard that they were maybe talking to themselves? We all do it. It's good to talk to ourselves. I think it's important to talk audibly, especially when we're facing temptations. Um, I think it was last Sunday or the Sunday before Brother Truman shared something about, um, and it's something I never really thought about. If you're facing a temptation, talk audibly to Satan and rebuke him, whether it's through prayer or through scripture. Um, he mentioned that for Satan to be able to know our thoughts is giving him the same power that God has. God knows our very thoughts, and say, God is more powerful than Satan. So he gave the thought that Satan doesn't know our thoughts, and he doesn't know what we're thinking, so we need to, I think he can put bad thoughts in our minds, but it was a new thought to me to speak. I think audible speaking is powerful weapon against Satan. I really feel it is. I think Satan will take it more seriously. Quiet time. Make time for a quiet time for yourself. Distractions make quiet times difficult. So many things, we, other things we could be doing. We become so busy. 
C.H. Spurgeon said, few men truly know themselves as they really are. Few men truly know themselves as they really are. Alone time is how we get to know ourselves. Silence and solitude are important. In your alone time, resist the temptation to think about an agenda or to plan your day. Sometimes we also need to just press pause. Take time and make it a priority to do what we are doing right here this morning. Come to church. Worship with the saints. I recently heard a quote that made an impression to me. And there are times when I think this is good. There have been times when um, I have not been able to make it to a church service. Uh, maybe I wasn't feeling well. Maybe for some reason I was traveling. And you can watch a church service um, live stream. But let us never let that on a, uh, become a habit of ours and a continual thing. Watching a church service on a screen is a little bit like... Um, watching a fireplace on a screen. You can see the flame, but you can't feel the warmth. I thought that was something good for, for us to remember. There's nothing like physically assembling with the saints of God and receiving inspiration. I think it is very important. In conclusion, do you find it difficult to focus on prayer and meditation? Sometimes I struggle with that. I'm not, I'm not um, free from that, that temptation. I find that difficult at times. I want to do better. How about me getting rid of some of the distractions in my life? There again, do I ask myself why? Why don't I have time? Because of my priorities. We all have enough time. It's how we prioritize our time. Maybe I have to put away some distractions so I can focus on what really is important. When we, when we become attached to something, we don't want to give it up, but sometimes we need to. What are the distractions in your life that are keeping you from experiencing a deeper walk with God? Is there something in your life that is binding you and it makes you feel like it has such a grip on you, but you know you need to let it go in order to have a closer walk with God? couple verses in closing. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Notice the importance of keeping our thoughts and our emotions in check in that verse. And then a few verses in Ephesians 5 that say, verses 14 through 17, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You're at your best when the Spirit of God controls you. Our faith should loudly and clearly control and define our emotions and our feelings. If you're having trouble hearing God speak to you, and it feels like God is distant. Maybe we should turn down some of the noise in our life, get rid of some of those noises, and see what the response is. See what, if we can make more time, see if we can hear God speak to us better. Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and of a good courage, fear not, nor be afraid. For the Lord thy God is, he it is, that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, 
nor forsake thee. God wants to walk beside us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to hear from us on a daily basis. He knows us best. He knows what's, he knows what's best for us. Let's consider the brevity of life and think about the time that God has given us and how we are using it. I think that's all that I have this morning. I'll turn the time over to Brother Leonard again.